I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I think it's fair to say that boss battles, they're quite an integral part of the video game experience. Under the right circumstances, a challenging foe or nasty antagonist can hook players so effectively that it will carry them through to the close of the narrative, like hobos being drawn to the aroma of a freshly baked pie. Still, we're all hungry little tykes and therefore are always looking for a good boss battle that'll push us to our limits and beyond. Yet not all encounters are created equal, and for every wondrous conflict that comes about, there's 20 or so that will give us a stomachache in the worst possible ways. So let's take a look at them as I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are the eight most disappointing boss battles, and say it with me kids, of all time! Number 8. Natler, Tomb Raider when the original Tomb Raider was selected to be remade with shiny new graphics and updated gameplay in the form of Tomb Raider Anniversary, one of the few key aspects that fans of the original desperately wanted to see changed was its final boss battle with Natla. And why was this? Well, because it absolutely sucked, that's why. Built up across the title as a figure of raw, pure power, as well as being the former ruler of Atlantis, it's safe to say that fans were expecting a showdown for the ages. But what we got, however, was a floating pixie-looking creature firing off projectiles that looked like Boiled hams that could be gunned down in just a few well-placed shots. Seriously, if you just flip left and right while holding down the trigger, you'll be done in mere moments, leaving a rather bitter taste in your mouth that all of this build-up was just a fart in your face. Luckily, Anniversary changed the battle immensely, providing one of the most exhilarating moments in the entire game. Number 7. Lady Comstock Bioshock Infinite I know that a lot of people will immediately think of Frank Fontaine's last stand when it comes to rather disappointing Bioshock boss battles as, you know, what it really did feel out of place to suddenly take on Discount Dr. Manhattan over here after all of the mind games that we've been playing up until that point. However, in terms of unadulterated anger that was generated by fans, Lady Comstock kicks Frank right in his Atlas Globes. The real problem with this boss is the fact that it's been built up to be so much more. From snippets beforehand, we're led to believe that the vengeful spirit will provide the player with the greatest challenge thus far, and yet how it delivers this challenge is akin to piss-taking. Instead of a clever battle which utilised Elizabeth's tears, instead there were only tears of frustration as Lady Comstock soaked up bullets and cast Ray's dead over and over. This battle was an intense chore that highlighted the worst things about Infinite, the damaged sponge enemies, the weird insistence to make you change weapons to inferior ones, and having to hide behind cover until Elizabeth finally woke up in order to help you out. On 1999 mode, this was harder than any other encounter, and is rightly hated for its pointless grind. Number 6. Dracula Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest 
Poor old Dracula, you really have to feel sorry for him in the Castlevania games, as while he portrays himself as being the dark lord of all that is unholy, he routinely gets his fangs banged in with rather terrible final boss fights. The reason why so many of his iterations have been sent back to the crypt in short order is usually down to just how overpowered any respecting Castlevania player is at these points, rocking offensive health pools and crazy damage output because they explored all of Dracula's haunted house. However, even in games that don't turn the player into an almighty badass by this point, you can sometimes eliminate poor Dracula before he's even got out of his bloody chair. Take for example the abysmal final boss fight against him in Simon's Quest, where Dracula slowly rises from his chair spouting something along the lines of, I'm going to suck, and then boom, he's dead. Well, at least what he actually got to say was true. Even if you don't have the fire weapon required to burn his soul to cinders in seconds, the fight itself is woefully short and underbaked. Maybe this is why he spends so long in his coffin as, you know what, he needs a century or two for anyone to forget about these embarrassing boss battles. Number 5. Ganon, The Legend of Zelda, Wand of Gamelon Okay, so maybe we should definitely preface this title a little. Because Ganon, as a character, is one of the most feared adversaries in video game history. No matter his form, whether pig demon or gigantic entity of destruction, one thing has remained constant throughout, namely that he's capable of enslaving the world with his almighty power and that fighting him is akin to trying to swim the Atlantic but the water is made of acid and that it's a horrific challenge and you're bound to lose some skin on your thumbs. So with this in mind, how do you think fans felt when they experienced a Ganon boss battle in The Legend of Zelda Wand of Gamelon, which ended in just one hit. Pretty disappointed, I'd reckon. Now, to be fair, the disappointment levels were already at an all-time high, or should that be low, in the CDI titles, mainly because it looked like it was bashed out at a game jam weekend and then animated on MS Paint. But this final boss battle truly was the final nail in any hopes that fans had of an enjoyable time. Here, this master of magic stands perfectly still on a small platform hurling what looked like moldy jack-o'-lanterns at you, which might as well be called Caco Lanterns, and awaits for you to climb the ladder and throw a wand in his face. It's over before you know it, and you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. Number four, the destroyer, Borderlands. <sighs> It's a giant squid thing that comes out of nowhere, kills who should have been the original final boss, and then proceeds to stink up the joint with a terribly forgettable encounter. The Destroyer is the absolute pit, only earning its namesake for destroying the fun that we were having in this title thus far. To add real salt to the vault, it turns out that the riches that you were promised for opening this mythical cavern of wonders were just lies, and the only thing on the other side was pure disappointment. Cheers, Borderlands, way to serve us a four-course meal and then finish things off by spitting in our post-dinner coffee. While looking at us in the face, and then charging us for the privilege. Number 3. The Other Player Deathloop Now, before you get your pitchforks and cast me into the fires, I have to admit that I think that the recently released Deathloop is bloody brilliant, and is so for so many reasons. The way it approaches the let's set up things now for great payoffs later is a brilliant mechanic, as is the process of learning patterns, making mistakes, and then trying out new ploys until you've got that perfect run. However, there's one aspect of the game that can, and I do want to emphasize can, provide one of the biggest disappointments, and ironically, it's a feature that was championed pretty bloody heavily in the lead-up to its release. I'm speaking, of course, about the fact that another player can invade your game world and take on the mantle of rival assassin Juliana, and can hound you throughout the world as you attempt to break the loop. Now, on paper, it's brilliant, and in most instances, it is totally brilliant in practice as well. But there's a reason why this feature is optional, and that's because sometimes, sometimes, it can provide the most deflating experience ever. Going up against griefers, having your plans utterly ruined in an instant, and being put in an un winnable position thanks
thanks to resources just not being what you need to counter another fully armed player can create an utter grind, creating a player-controlled boss battle that really makes you want to rewind time all over again. Number 2. Killer Croc – Batman Arkham Asylum if we're being brutally honest, Arkham Asylum has got some pretty ropey boss battles in it. I mean, seriously, when you boil it down outside of the brilliant Scarecrow sequences, who really stands out as a good boss? The giant Bane-like enemies? I mean, they got boring the moment that you made them run into the wall for the first time and then realized that this was their only gimmick. And the less said about the final Joker showdown, the better. So who's left, really? Oh yeah, that's right, Killer Croc and, my lord, talk about a disappointment. This villain is built up so heavily before his final encounter that it's easy to imagine that he might be one of the final bosses of the entire game. The sheer menace and horror of his design is terrifying up close, and as you descend into the bowels of the sewers, that creeping dread is fully realized as it becomes clear that you are not alone down here. Yet what follows is the equivalent of a jump scare in a horror movie where it turns out to be nothing more than a cat just knocking over a bin. Because the actual battle with Croc boils down to him running at you like a moron and you bantering him off with a batarang. The fact that he does this multiple times and doesn't even learn how to attack in any other way almost relegates him from being a boss battle at all. He's merely just a quick time encounter and this character deserves way more than that. And number one, Prowling Magus and Congregation, Dark Souls 2. Oh dear, oh dear, what in the name of the Chuckle Brothers is going on here then? So Dark Souls is a franchise that is famed and indeed feared for its intense boss battles. Each and every one of these nightmare spawns will poke and prod your very soul with incredible damage, insane resistance, and of course, a good old dollop of pure BS. That being said, not all of these bosses were fun to fight, and a handful, dare I say it, could even be considered bad, lest we not forget the design team even out and out apologized for the bed of chaos fight and its absolute absolutely dreadful, guess you stood on the wrong tile, idiot. However, when it comes to disappointing, there's only one real candidate. The Prowling Magus and Congregation is both the easiest boss fight in pretty much all of Dark Souls and the most pathetic, comprising of just a group of slow shuffling bodies and a spellcaster who coughs out magic as deadly as a cup of lukewarm tea. The shock of walking into this area to find a surprise boss is left in pieces moments later when you're standing atop a pile of bodies and you realize he didn't even break a sweat. Hell, they're so utterly incompetent that they make pinwheel look deadly. And that is saying something. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.